back, everyone, to Stewards of a Broken Sun. We're here in the third season of the Stories of a Broken Sun podcast, and I'm your friendly guide, Arp. My pronouns are he or they. You can find me on Twitter at White Caliber, follow our show at Broken Sun RPG, or uh, you can go to our website, brokensunrpg.com. This season, we are playing the game Songs for the Dusk by Kavita Poduri and Quinn Floreto Vega, uh, which you can find a link to in the show notes, or you can just type Songs for the Dusk into Google and it'll show up. Today, I am joined by three comrades in arms, and are, uh, I am now going to introduce them after that slight awkward pause. Uh, we are joined first by Keekers. Hello, everyone. It's me, Keekers, also known as Be a Space Cat. Today, I'm playing Keva Jarma, uh, the owner of She Slash Her Pronouns, and I am also the owner of She Slash Her Pronouns. You have joint ownership. Uh, do you lease it out like can other people use them too, or is it just strict ownership here there are multiple so many oh there's so many people out there who also own a pair oh. of she's ledger pronouns it's like a Just, cooperative ownership for everybody mm-hmm. thank you um and we can find you where oh yes you can find me online at twitter as be a space cat or various other websites uh with that name or a derivative thereof thank you we are also joined by Velvet today. Uh, greetings, everyone. I am Velvet. I use fair for pronouns, and I will be playing Joan Jaws, or Jojo, who uses they-them pronouns. You can find me pretty much everywhere on the interwebs at OG Brown Sugar. What's the latest project you're part of th- uh, this week, this month? Ah, I wasn't prepared for that answer. Uh, <laughs> I'm in a couple of things. Uh... Right now, doing a lot of uh, TTRPG streaming, so Friday evenings you can find me on Archives of the Dragon on Twitch for Deep Magic, a Changeling, uh, you know, 20th edition uh, campaign. Saturday evenings at the Bard's Playhouse for Fall of London, a Vampire 5e campaign. All right, thank you. And we are finally joined today by Trudy. Hi, I'm Trudy. My pronouns are they, them, and I play the adopted possum person, Free, who also uses they, them pronouns. You can find me at Twitter at good underscore damage. Thank you so much. Um, of course, if anyone has any other projects they wish to plug, you're welcome to do so. I don't. <laughs> so. Me neither. <laughs> All right, let's uh, get moving. We're doing our downtime for session five. Yes, session five, we're doing our downtime. It's been a while, so um, it won't have been a while for you, audience. But in session five, that was our mission with a welcome teacher asking the myriad to investigate who was interfering with the wave because uh, his people were being uh, blamed for it. And that was when we met a uh, young lady from the from Tamaris, which is the base setting that comes built into the game Songs for the Dusk, and it's fantastic. Uh, so the Pyre Hollows are a group of uh, sort of traditional troublemaking heroes with all of the baggage that that entails. So we met Ferocity Plane on her face, a scout, and she was working with one of Weapon Table's um, people, um, Windy Traveler, to try and solve the mystery on their own. Uh, so that brought everybody into conflict with the people behind this wave disruption who appear to be a, another group from Tamaris called the Grasp of Heaven, a very dangerous group of uh, mystics, witches, scholars, and spirits. They're small in number, but enormous in power. They have lots of uh, goons and money and so on and so forth. They're not entirely sure what they're doing here or why they're messing with the wave, but they had a sort of tunneling vehicle that uh, you all had a battle with and you captured a couple of their soldiers in their strange chromatic armor. And the younger one uh, had a fail-safe device which uh, 
Keva was able to disable, and then uh, you turned them over to uh, Welcome Teacher to do some deprogramming uh, on these young soldiers. And that brought us to the end of the mission, which will bring us now into downtime. So downtime is divided into four parts, which are resolved in order, upkeep, notoriety, entanglements, and downtime activities. And then we can go to free play and decide on our next score for session seven, because session six is a small uh, session with just a couple of people in it. So after a job, your crew uh, makes sure the people you've helped can handle things and take stock of your income from this mission. Figure out how many shells you take home. You roll a dice pool based on one of two traits. Uh, if you did some work for a specific faction, you can use that faction's tier for the role. And if you did work for a town, city, or settlement, you can use the location of the resources rating for that region, adjusted up or down as appropriate. Uh, so you did a job here for a uh, welcome teacher who is not really part of a specific faction. Um, but that is part of the settlement here. So uh, we'll take a look over at Rudel Bloom. Tier four resources. Okay, and then adjust it down because it's just one person with a small group. So I think we're going to roll two dice for this. So I'm going to roll two here. We got a six. Very nice. So that's six shells to start with. You also have some bonuses due to uh, dealing with entanglements in your previous session. Uh, you had the Stranger Walks Into Town entanglement, uh, which is uh, what we saw with uh, Ferocity Plane on her face. And we had the Dangerous Mission entanglement, and both of those were rolled into uh, last session's mission. So that gives you plus two for working uh, with the Pyre Hollows. So Ferocity Plane on, on her face is able to offer you resources and assistance worth two shells. And the dangerous mission, uh, the opportunity that you took there, gives you an additional three shells at payout, which means that in total, you have uh, taken home from this mission 11 shells, which is uh, a huge amount, just a ludicrous amount of resources, favors, labor time, and uh, general trade resources available to you. So pop into your myriad sheet here and... Got 11 shells. There's not even enough space for that. Let's see here. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. I think deep down inside, uh, uh, human beings do crave to be able to roll around in a big pile of money. <laughs> and well, I think we should fully embrace that. It doesn't mean that you should hoard all of that for yourself. But I did get the fun idea of Keva sitting on top of a pile of shells. <laughs> but, you know. Um, yeah, I don't. Shells aren't like physical things, but we can have this I, I know. idea of uh, visually. That's a very appealing visual of rolling around in wealth. Something we would all. I'm sure enjoy trying at least once mm -hmm. in our lives. Real quick before we forget, uh, is somebody taking notes for this session? Uh, hopefully somebody's taking notes. I think you or Trudy took them last time. Yeah, Was I took it? them last time. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so keep your shoe on. I think it's wanna... my turn. Okay. Shells. And I will set it up. Okay. I just need to, I can never remember how exactly. Okay. Shells are an abstract measure of many different forms of in tr of trade, okay? Raw materials, finished goods, traded favors, and other economic resources like labor time, stuff like that. Uh, da -da -da -da. Okay, so... <laughs> yeah, 11 shells is enough to purchase a mostly intact radiant installation or outfit of small mercenary companies. <laughs> wow. All right. 
Wow. Yeah, you you made uh, you made some big okay. gains there. Um, okay, so it's not really practical to keep more than How four shells of uh, resources lying around. Much cheese. <laughs> Enough to outfit a small mercenary company with cheese. <laughs> you can store mm. four shells as liquid currency in your community in case you think you'll need to save for an emergency. Okay, so where where is that on the sheet here? Don't have it here. Okay, um, well, I have added them into prosperity here. Okay, so using shells, you can spend one shell for an extra downtime activity. Spend one shell to increase the result for an activity for a downtime activity roll. Spend shells to cope with certain crew entanglements. You can stow shells into caches to develop the prosperity of your community. You don't need to worry about tracking small expenses and purchases in local currency. Okay, caches and prosperity. Your community's prosperity determines the quality of life for everyone living there, including your crew. If your strider marks four quirks and is forced to retire, you can expect that to be their quality of life too. The community's prosperity is determined by the number of shells converted into caches of supplies and materials the community can use to build institutions and sustain itself with. The community cash tracker is listed on the crew sheet. Each full row on the tracker, 16 boxes, represents a level of prosperity. Okay, prosperity zero is subsistence living. Everyone's working uh, constantly just to survive. Non-working time is very precious. A small crisis can bloom into major disasters overnight. We have moved up with this payment into prosperity level one. Uh, so we've actually made good inroads into prosperity level one. Prosperity level one is meager. Basic specialization and decent quality care is available. People can reliably take a couple days off every week. Beginnings of holidays and festivals and increased sense of camaraderie is prosperity level one. So we have increased this one here. Now the cash boxes on the crew sheet are bifurcated. Each box has a flag descending from the bottom of it. Mark the top half whenever you stow shells into your caches and mark the bottom half when you use caches to construct foundations. Your prosperity also functions as your crew's tier. Uh, that means that your prosperity has gone up now to uh, means that your tier basically counts as tier one now instead of tier zero. Okay, so that's good stuff. Now we have one, two, three, four, five, six, eight. We have eight shells in the cache for liquidity. And then we have 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21 total shells uh, available to the community, which is what's putting us at prosperity level one. Of those, three are currently invested in a foundation, which you are building uh, the Lotus Beacon, I think. I'm building a Lotus Beacon. I don't know if anybody else is building a Rover Garage. The Rover Garage was one that you started with. Oh, gotcha. The Rover Garage and the warehouse you started with. Where is the, okay, Lotus Beacon, three, yeah, so those three, those three that are invested are the ones that you're spending on building the Lotus Beacon. So yes, let's keep that in mind as we're going forward, like, um, build things, <laughs> build, build, <laughs> build, build the uh, foundations, please. We got to build up the city. Mm -hmm. So make sure that when you have free time, you, you read over that kind of thing and, uh, find what you want to have here. Like you have equipment depots or down here that you can build, um, improves your different types of weaponry and uh, resources and tools, different kind of kits and stuff like that. So that improves your standard gear, equipment depots. Um, training facilities are, as you know, those add additional experience whenever you do training. So there's analysis, kinesis, semiosis, and playbook training facilities that you can construct here. Uh, specialties, we have the impact mesh already done there but you can see foundations for prosperity zero one two and three so we can pick anything from prosperity zero or one at this point and the lotus beacon i'm just gonna uh yeah that's under the foundation clocks so we can be working on two more foundations if you wish that's a downtime action you can do and you can always choose to uh invest a shell 
into doing an extra downtime activity, uh, downtime action, if you don't want to spend one of your two on starting or working on a foundation. Uh, as a note, we are also uh, three experience away from leveling up your community of Medleystead here, which means that you can pick a new uh, ability from the special abilities list on the Myriad playbook here for couriers. That's all stuff to keep in mind as we continue into downtime here. Okay, heat and notoriety. Confronting chaos is a part of your job, and every mission you run feeds the rumor mill of, uh, of the inflorescence. With those rumors come attention, both good and bad. With every mission you run, you'll pick up a little more heat, a representation of the many eyes of the inflorescence turning their attention towards you. You gain heat at the end of each mission based on how much damage you caused. Now, we already have plus one heat from uh, was a consequence of uh, a roll during the mission. So we're starting out at one. So zero heat is smooth and simple, no collateral damage. I unfortunately don't think we managed that uh, last session, what with the big gaping hole in the earth and all that. Uh, two heat is contained with minor collateral damage. Four heat is chaotic. Problem yeah. spills over into civilian areas. Major collateral damage, major acts of violence. Six heat is wild and devastating. The problem majorly intrudes into civilian areas. Severe collateral damage. There are civilian casualties. So we're definitely not at six. Um, so the problem did spill over into civilian areas here, into that community garden that we had. So I think it's going to be four heat. Mm. And then we have plus one. So that's five heat. And let me just put that in before we do anything further. So we're currently at notoriety level one here. And our heat is at one, two, three, four, six, seven. So oof. that's a lot of heat. Okay. So that's uh, spills over there. Nine, one, two, three. Okay. And that brings us up to the next level of notoriety. Okay. And plus three spillover heat. Good gravy. Okay. Uh, <laughs> all right. Add plus one heat for a mission conducted against a high profile or well connected target. Uh, they are not well connected here within the inflorescence. So, no. Plus one heat for an operation conducted in hostile territory. No. Plus one heat if anyone has a vendetta. You don't have any vendettas. Plus two heat if anyone in your crew kills or permanently injures someone. That did happen. So, add two there. So that brings us up to five heat at notoriety level two. Okay. A loud mission last time. Maybe this time will be quieter. That brings us on to entanglements. So for an entanglement, we are going to roll. We're at five heat. So that means we're rolling two dice. And we are going to be rolling on the notoriety level two table. Okay. Uh, would anyone like to roll for the notoriety? It's just two dice. Or a roll for the entanglement, rather. I do oh. it most of the time, so oh, someone Trudy, else do Trudy it, please. It. I did it. Oh, <laughs> Thank oh, you. Great. Yeah. Go I'm assuming a high number is not good here. It's it's not great, because a six means that you roll on the next table up. <laughs> so, uh, a notoriety three. Okay, roll one die this time. A three. Okay. Zealous rival. A rival or enemy makes a hard move against one of your crew or someone they're close to. Let them hurt you or yours. Allow them to extract a promise from you or stop them some other way. Okay, uh, I will have to think about exactly what this will entail, but I am going to make note of it and try and figure that out while we're uh, maybe later on. I'll figure, I'll figure out something for that by the end of today or for next session. So Zealous Rival. Okay, um, downtime activities. Each Strider gets two downtime activities. Um, if you have a friend, contact, or community member who can help you with a downtime activity, you take plus one die to the roll. After the roll, you can spend shells to improve a result level. Increase the result level by one for each shell spent. A one to three result becomes a four to five. A four to five result becomes a six, and a six becomes a critical. You can also spend shells to get additional downtime actions. 
the downtime actions, and these are on page 108 of the PDF, acquire asset, construct foundation, craft, cut loose, long-term project, lose heat, recover, unwind, or train. Does anyone know already what they'd like to do? Do other people have stress? Yes. Uh, a little. Atrojotas. Ollie, not that much. Yeah, I was going to say, oh. Jojo's got loose. four, and Kevy've also got four. Uh, would you? So would you and mm-hmm. uh, Jojo like to cut loose then? Uh, I'm down if you are. All right. Yeah. When you cut loose, you and your crewmates relieve stress as a group. When you decide to cut loose, ask who's willing to join you. So it's going to be uh, Jojo and Keva. And say what you do together to relieve some of the pressure that hangs over you. Only the person leading the cut loose action uses up a downtime activity <laughs> since they're organizing it and getting everyone together. So Keva, this is your action. So last, yeah, yeah, last time we like did the, the sauna or whatever. The sauna, rather, yeah, sauna, yeah. Spa, yeah, yeah. Because I don't know why all of a sudden it's just like the two of us end up being the ones that get the most stressed and decide to hang out together. So what are we going to do this time? It's the opposite of a sauna. Uh, well, one thing that popped into my head was that Kevin was going to teach uh, Jojo how to make cheese. Oh, yeah. Hell yeah. So down. <laughs> I wish to... <laughs> Acquire this new this skill and become great at it. But you jest, but literally, that's what they're all I about. I know JoJo doesn't talk like that, but yeah, yeah, that's JoJo's uh, that's yeah, JoJo's yeah. anchor, right? Yeah. Okay, mm-hmm. so uh, where where does this where does this go? How do you teach JoJo the the art of cheese? Well, Keva brings JoJo to her workshop, which is. Like in one of the basement, part of the basement of her house, um, because you need like a cooler area uh, to work with cheese, obviously, since you're also going to be storing the milk and the curds and have a cheese cave with controlled um, humidity and temperature. There, it's also just going to be like because you don't. What I've learned from food prep is you want to keep the area you're in generally cold also so that when the food is not in the cooler or whatever particular area, it's not going to get broiling hot and spoil or any of that sort of thing. Hence hence the basement. But yeah, Kevin kind of leads Jojo into the basement and is like, yeah, I know this is a little bit weird, but you can't go in that room or that room or that room. But this is the cheese making room. Keva points to a door and they go in and it's a very clean, brightly lit um, room that has other like areas and kev is like that that in there is the cheese cave it's not really a cave but that's the term for it that's where i age the cheese in here is where i store this and this and this and over there is where i store this and this and this and so then keva teaches jojo how to uh you know take the cheese and or the milk and mix it and basically make curds and then pack the curds into the mold (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> from there yeah this is I fascinating think... we have sea cows in the sauce but no one's ever tried to make cheese <laughs> i wonder what a sea yeah, cow I looks mean, like technically you could make cheese prop yeah, manatee? yeah, manatee. <laughs> yeah. I, don't, I don't know if manatees make milk i'm not that well versed in manatees 
Oh, no, they, they're a mammal. They make milk. The only thing you need to know about if, an, if a mammal can make milk is, it, is it a mammal? Yes, it makes milk. Uh, Manatee but milk contains milk mostly water. Cheese, I think. With 20% solid, 7% yeah. protein, and 13% fats. Nice. Yeah, you'd need one that, that's thicker, probably. And you'd need an animal. I don't know, manatees are pretty thick. Well, that can produce a large amount of milk. Uh, yeah, their nipples are in their armpits. Wow, that I did not know. Uh, let's, do, let's do the roll to see how this cheese-making process goes. So when you're cutting loose, each player makes an attribute roll. Is it two die? Using their lowest attribute rating. And clears stress equal to the highest die result. So your lowest attribute rating is the one you have the fewest dots in. Uh, so we'll take a look here at each of yours. So Keva, your lowest attribute rating is Kinesis with one die. And Jojo, yours is Analysis with zero die. So Jojo would roll two dice and take the lowest. And then Keva, you would roll one die. Uh, oh, I think you can roll with plus one die because you're cutting loose together? Or does that not work with cutting loose? Let's see. If you have a friend who can help you with a downtime activity, take plus one D to the roll. Mm. Okay. I'm not sure. Uh, well, anyway, uh, let's just so roll, roll as it is. Uh, yeah, just roll one die. I rolled a two and a four, so I'm going to take four. Okay. I take that two. Okay. All uh, right. Good. So clear those up. It's a good thing you didn't get higher than a four there, Keva. <laughs> so it sounds like the cheese yeah. making goes pretty well, about as well as can be expected. Jojo learned a lot about cheese, and Velvet learned a lot about vanities. <laughs> what kind of uh, cheese do you end up making? I think Velvet should decide what type of cheese. Like, I know whatever kind Ooh. it is, you'll, you'll have to wait for it to age and set and all that anyway, but... I guess Swiss, is that a thing we can make? I don't know a lot about cheese. I'm sure Keva has the facilities to make any kind of cheese imaginable at this point. <laughs> I'm kind of vaguely imagining, you know, like uh, Tony Stark's lab in Iron Man with all the technology <laughs> everywhere. I'm sort of imagining that, but... For cheese. You have a, a museum of cheese suits. <laughs> a hard cheese for a hard journey. I think that's right, Judy. <laughs> cheese suit. Okay, thank you. Um, who else has a downtime activity they'd like to do? So that's one downtime activity for Keva. I would like to keep working on understanding that spooky shell. Okay, that's your long-term project. Right, we said that anytime you work on this project, you'll have reduced impact due to the... Uh, mind-altering nature of the of the shell that actively tries to prevent you from thinking about it uh so how are you working on it this time i believe last time i tried a uh, tune mm -hmm. so i don't know I, I wonder if this time i can try a skirmish like i think i'll just try to like you know do some faint blows and try to make it flinch see if this shell uh like tries to protect itself in any kind of way okay so you're gonna try to attack the shell and see what happens yeah all right uh well, let's give it a shot then uh, am I, do I roll my skirmish or my kinesis in general? Uh, your skirmish. It's the specific action you're going to strike at the shell. Are you using your hands or uh, a weapon? I know your hands are weapons and all that, but... Yeah. What I'm asking is, are you, sir, you're using your bare hands to attack the shell. I am. Okay, give it a roll. Let's see what happens. That, that's a spicy three. A three, okay. So with a three, you would normally fill one segment, uh, but due to the nature of the shell, that means... It does not fill a segment, but that doesn't feel... I think it's... Yeah, I think it'll be reduces to a minimum of one. So you'll fill in one segment here in your long-term project for the shell. So that's two out of six now. Uh, so as you are bringing your hand down on the shell, there is a flash of light and 
you're suddenly like seeing stars in that way that you do when there's like when you're disoriented or perhaps have sustained a blow and it's not clear to you exactly what happened but there's um where was the shell when you were striking at it i think i'd probably keep it in some kind of weird terrarium okay uh the terrarium has been destroyed uh and you can see scorch marks on the surface around where it was uh, but the shell is still sitting exactly where it appeared to be when you went to strike it. You're learning something about the nature of how the shell defends itself, but you can't for the life of you remember exactly what happened at that moment of impact. Like you're bringing your hand down and then flash and then this scene in front of you. Spooky. Okay. Who's up? Uh, Trudy. Yeah, we're going to go ahead and work on our long-term project, um, which is the Rift Opener. Okay, so that's your long-term project, Rift Opener. You're at one out of six. So how are you working on the Rift Opener today? Um, well, we're going to use Shape, obviously, but we're just going to try and um, we know how to... I, I, I think this was how they did it last time. We know how to close portals. Now we just need to figure out how to reverse it. So that's what we're going to do. Just okay. try You're and tink tinkering with it, poking yep. at it with tools. Yep. All right, give it a shot. Let's see how it goes. Is that three or two? Uh, are, is someone helping you with this? No, I don't think so. So it's just two. two. Yep. Oh, heck. You got a six. That's good. Noise. Uh, so when you get a six, that means you mark three segments on your long-term project clock, which I believe brings you up to three out of six. Oh, no. Halfway there. That brings me up to four, doesn't it? Oh, four out of six. Yes, yes, you're right. Yeah, yay. <laughs> four out of six. You're almost there. Two thirds of the way. Yay. All right. So as you one. are um, tinkering with this machine, like things are, are going quite well. You are making a lot of progress. You're understanding the ways in which the opening and closing of rifts are similar, but uh, equally important, how they are different. It seems like rifts can appear without causing the visual distortion effect that you're used to seeing when they are of a very small size. That's something that you are learning as you're working on this. Rifts can be invisible to the eye if they're very small. Ooh, quick question. Yes. What color is the rift opener and what color is the mysterious shell? The mysterious shell? That's Jojo's shell. Uh, I know the okay. shell has that black yeah. goop in it, but... Uh, I don't recall if I said what color the actual shell was. What do you think, Jojo? I'm just color coding them. I keep picturing it as like that purple shell that bites the slow bro. Hmm. Yeah, that makes sense to me. And uh, the rift opener I see as one of those translucent 90s phone um, kind of a color scheme. Um, obviously, the rift opener is not a cell phone. Okay. But if, you, if you've seen any of those transparent 90s telephones like that, with probably pink and blue and yellow. Okay, that's lovely. I remember those gummy phones. Oh, okay, because at first I was imagining my... Yeah, I was thinking of my Game Boy... The Game Boy Color was, like, translucent, but purple translucent. So, but yeah, I'm going to do, like, a neon color. Uh, do you have a second downtime action in mind, Keva? Yes, I do. Give me one moment. I was, yeah, I was double checking that uh, I did not get stressed if I didn't work on my long-term project because I want to work on a different thing. I want to spend shells to set up another th thing for our crew. I wanted to make sure if this was a prosperity. 
Yeah, sorry. I did notice that my analysis is all full up. Am I okay to put another block in, ARP? Uh, for your analysis? Yeah. Uh, let's see here. Uh, when your analysis feels like that, that means that you, yes, you can add a, a point to one of your actions. Yeah. I, I was just making sure it was okay to do it now and it isn't something that you do at the end of your downtime. No, you can do it as soon as that bar fills. You can do it right that moment. Okay. Got it. Thank you. No problem. Uh, so Keva, you were tempted by? Yeah. Well, the fashion experts were seeing if we had like a medic culpe for healing better. Uh, let's see. There might be a foundation like that. There's a research lab. That's what I meant. Okay. There's a research lab. There's passive camo, tactical sims, uh, fashion experts. And side. Okay. So the research lab, that would be, I think, very useful for, for this crew, for sure. Take plus one die to roles to work on long-term projects related to scientific or transcendent investigation. That's uh, four caches mm -hmm. uh, there. So do you want to start on that? Yes, please. Okay. So I'm going to type into our foundation clock here. Should I just tick it? Uh, no, not yet, because it doesn't exist yet. Oh, right. Um, so when we start research on it, we're okay. going to invest four of those shells and uh, under prosperity there. And, oh, wait, sorry. I have to, because it's uh, foundation one. Okay. So one, two, three, four. All right. Uh, so when you are doing a foundation, building a foundation here, construct foundation means that you need to invest caches. We've done that. Start the four tick clock. We've got that here. You'll typically use shape rolls to work on the foundation, but there are circumstances where it might be more appropriate to use a different action. So how do you, how does Keva get started on commissioning and building the research lab here? Well, first of all, Keva is going to realize that she does not know too many researchers, <laughs> but it would be good to get someone who knows a, a lot of esoteric uh, information to help her start a research lab. Okay. And um, so that leaves who's someone that uh, would be good at helping her start this for the team and ready to. So I was between uh, AI or CD and trying to get them to join on this okay. uh, advisory uh, position. Okay. Well, you, you're in charge of uh, CD. Is that something that they would be willing to, willing to and interested in doing? Well, um, given current events, yes. I think okay. CD's medical uh, thing and, you know, position as someone that helped found a lot of the new medical uh, areas in this, you know, in Medley said in this section has kind of happened and there are other people that kind of run it now mm -hmm. and given current events i think that they would rather put a lot of their time and energy into research to help safeguard the future than um so we'll do a shape roll and you'll get plus one die for having community member help you out so i think that's two dice for you to roll and we'll see how that how work goes on the foundation Okay, just two die. Did I look at my shape? Or did you look at my shape? Yeah, you have one in shape. And then plus one from okay. CD's help. Because CD's going to be the individual manning or being in charge of it to a degree. All right, four. Oh, four. So four means we fill two segments on that clock. Okay. 
So the research lab is underway, Keva and CD collaborating on its construction. And uh, that brings us to uh, Jojo. You have a second downtime action? I do. Uh, I would like to keep working on the Lotus Beacon. Okay. Um, yeah. So give us your shape. Is anyone helping you set this up? Um, Ollie can help if you're okay with that. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. Okay. So roll your shape plus one die. My shape. Oh, okay. So just, just the one die. <laughs> okay. Got a one. So that means we fill in another segment. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a uh, slow and steady progress on building the Lotus Beacon. Like this is a fairly esoteric thing that you're trying to construct in Medley Stead. And, you know, it's an anchor for the type of energy that you use for, you know, for, for your combat, but also the type of energy that uh, seems to connect a lot of the pathways and, and things that, that people experience in life. It's that energy, that network of living things, I think. So you're trying to build an anchor for life force, which is a, a difficult prospect, but you are making progress on that, uh, on that as we go. Did we already state where we're building the Lotus Beacon? Uh, no. Do you have a thought in mind where you want to put it? Uh, I'd like to put it on one of the, the floating waterfalls. Okay. So you're going to like build it near the Wittershins or on the Wittershins? I think on the Wittershins. Like I'm thinking like there's a waterfall, there's like water cascading over the future beacon, if that makes sense. Okay. Very interesting. Now, would you say that this is energy field created by all living things? Oh, maybe. That surrounds us and penetrates us? I wouldn't go that far. I don't know. <laughs> um, Ollie, do you have your second downtime action? Yeah. Do y'all mind if I uh, maybe have us lose some heat? Cause, um, oh, I'll... yeah, that is a thing. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I know that some people like having that notoriety and I didn't want to step on any any feet. Uh, you can lose heat by working to smooth out your reputation in the inflorescence. Uh, say what your character does to reduce crew heat and roll an appropriate action. All right. Um, Ollie's going to do some volunteer work. So Ollie would like to teach uh, some of the young folks, as if Ollie is not barely over young folk now. <laughs> um basically how to how to how to make a, or manipulate um existing technology so that's what ollie's gonna do okay and um let me check what am i just rolling one die and then we have that based on what number i roll yeah it looks like that yeah you remove ticks based on your roll i uh, got a four. four okay so we lose two heat so that brings you down to uh, one die on notoriety level two for entanglement rolls rather than two dies on notoriety level two. Yes. So that's good. Yay. <laughs> okay. Anything else? Uh, any other actions people want to take? You've got uh, a bunch of shells that you can invest in things uh, or spend on actions if you wish. Like also, uh, don't forget, you, could, you can, if you wanted to improve the results on your Lotus Beacon or Research Lab rolls, you can spend a shell and that improves the result by a level. Uh, likewise, if you want to spend a shell, you can increase the amount of heat that you reduce and so on. That's a, a use you have for shells. I'm feeling the same way I do about shells as I do about high potions. <laughs> I'm scared to use them. <laughs> um, <laughs> I mean, if it's all right with everyone, uh, I think we have another slot open for... Uh, oh, well, no, we should wait to see if anybody else has to build anything. Never mind. Uh, yeah, just as a note, you currently have access to um, all the shells that are under caches here. Eight shells that you've got in your in your free-floating cache there, um, which is because you have the warehouse, you're able to hold more uh, more shells 
you're able to hold 12 instead of just uh, you're able to hold eight instead of just four so you're you're maxed out on free floating shells right now uh, so it's a good idea to use those invest them in the community that includes using them on you know your own your own projects because your projects are a benefit to your community but i understand everyone's feeling very reluctant to use <laughs> to use the shots <laughs> i um, mean if no one has any objections uh i might I use it to upgrade the lotus beacon some more yeah let's okay. let's do that so you want to use it to boost your previous roll and add an extra tick to the lotus beacon or do you want to do another roll on it uh i'll do another tick because my, my rolls are not very good for shape okay so i'll tick one there so the lotus beacon's at three out of four and remove one of the shells from your cache here can i can i use one for trying to work more on Absolutely, that rift opener you can. all right and um do i just if i want to roll do i roll another die or do i use uh, my you shape can use again a different action as well if there's anything that makes sense like decipher could work because uh, doing research on it, um, connect could work if you're getting in touch with uh, allies to get their to get their take on it. Well, my decipher and shape are the same, so I'm gonna just use okay. one of those. Well, what uh, what do you, what is Ollie doing? That'll determine which one. Same same thing as before, where they're just trying to reverse okay. engineer. Um, Figure things out. You know, basically closing the portal and opening it. Okay. Yes. <laughs> Uh, so that's a looks like probably two, so it's probably yeah, one, that's one, one tick. tick to that clock. So you're at five. You're very so close. close. There. I know. All right. Um, good. Now, where are we? Reading rhythms. When you reach the end of downtime, you should take a chance to go over your community's ideals. So, uh, do you all remember how this process works? No, but I'm sure it'll come to me as we go <laughs> okay. through it. The community ideal is tread lightly on new ground. Risks should not outweigh rewards. That was the new ideal that we uh, switched to when uh, beliefs changed due to this process last time. So, if you believe that the actions of the previous session would lead people to feel more this way, tread lightly on new ground, risks should not outweigh rewards then we do not add a tick or we remove a tick if there are any. And if you feel that the actions of the most recent session would feel people would make people feel differently one way or the other, then you add a tick to the community ideals clock. So if you feel tread lightly on new ground, risk should not outweigh rewards was reinforced by the uh, things that happened last session with the wave and the arrival of the pyre hollows and the grasp of heaven and the big hole in the community garden out in the, uh, in the farmlands, then we would not add a tick for you would choose not to add a tick on your, on your turn. If you feel that those, what happened during the session would cause people to feel differently, however, that might be just differently from this, then you would add a tick to the ideals clock. Um, I think they probably strongly feel the same after seeing all the chaos that erupted mm. last session. Yeah, that's fair. So you're not going to add a tick. Okay. I, I, I don't think so. Anyone else have any input? Everyone gets to yeah. either add or leave. Keekers? Yeah, I would uh, leave it alone. I think that it was also very cemented it. Okay. What do you think, Velvet? I mean, I'm always down to escalate, so I would probably add. Okay, so you feel that there's movement in the uh, in the community away from that belief as well. Okay, yeah, I think that there is. I likewise think that there is a movement away from this feeling in some segments of the community. I think people are starting to look at this and being like, "Well, we stopped doing the the 
kind of open rift research that was causing us to bring trouble to other people and that's bringing trouble in return. And we stopped that and people still came into our town. People still came here and messed our shit up. Like what's going on? This isn't, you know, we're not taking the risk and we're still getting, you know, stepped on for it. There's frustration, I think, there uh, in certain segments of the community. Okay, so we got two tits there. Um, projects for factions. You folks um, would like to tell me about how your adopted factions are doing with their current projects. The Penitent, Keva, are at five out of six on their secret building projects. Uh, do you think they are working on that right now? If so, you can just roll one die for them, and then yes. we'll see... Yeah, go ahead and roll the die. I believe the buildings needed to be stocked, but they were completed. A six? Okay. So the building project is complete. What does this look like? Do they reveal what it is to the public? I guess they kind of have to. The project's done. <laughs> yeah. So uh, people all over the city get these flyers appear on their doorsteps or whatever, you know, a mass message system, basically just like, the environment of Medley said has been rapidly changing as more and more uh, dangerous outside forces have come and disrupted our way of life. Should something untoward happen, please be aware that there is a welcome uh, welcome shelter of well-stocked disaster relief um, in case anything bad should happen. Stop by your friendly neighborhood penitent group. And then, depending on where they are in the city, it lists the closest uh, shelter for it. Um, like, your closest shelter is blah, blah, blah. If these disasters, such as hurricane, flood, or, you know, more um, re relevant ones, should okay. occur to you, please come and seek aid. Yeah, I think people are, are pretty surprised by this. Um... Because as we recall, there are people that were not sure what was going on with all these building projects. They were very curious. And once this is revealed, I think there's a, a bit of a surprise. And um, there's still some wariness in certain parts of the population about, you know, well, the group behind this did this. So what, what's, what are they really after? But I think by and large, people are uh, surprised in a good way by this. They're like, oh, they're, they're, actually, they're actually doing the work. They're not just talking the talk. So I think that improves to an extent uh, the the relationship that uh, or the reputation that the penitent have in the city. People can see that this group is actually doing actions that benefit the community. Okay, um, Bazaar Merchants Collective. We're working on establishing trade routes and investigating the mystery goods. Yeah, um, it looks like they're all full in the trade routes. Yeah, that um, was done. So uh, then let's have them go ahead and investigate the mystery goods. All right, so you're rolling three dice there. All right. That's a six. Yay. All right, that'll fill up the clock there. Uh, all right, so I think this goes together well with the uh, the missions that um, Reaching has been doing on the side uh, with the help of the Logistark. The mystery good is indeed this game, a, a fork of a Republic of Amphophida simulation game has been introduced into the wave here and people are playing it lots of people are playing it um many of them sort of secretly and there's like encryption and stuff so it's very difficult to find where the servers are that are running this or 
how it's how it's working, but people are playing this game. Lots of people are, and it's not really like a sanctioned game. And uh, as the BMC's investigation into what the content of this game is continues, um, there's sort of a worrying degree of uh, a worrying people who are like uh, critics or researchers who are into understanding how cultures work and understanding how minds are changed uh, are sort of raising the alarm that this game is espousing um, views and cultural beliefs that are not necessarily compatible with how Medleystead works. So there's a sort of very individualist streak to the game, like a idea that it is individuals who are exceptional. And if an individual is exceptional, then that exceptional individual should be given more weight, more power, more so on and so forth. The idea that some of the negotiators were talking with you about, Keva, during the last, uh, the, the third session, the idea that, oh, well, if you're the heroes, then that means you're in charge here, right? And Keva explaining to them more, well, that's not really how things work here. We're a community. So decisions are made as a community. Power is held by the community. And then being like, oh, that's interesting. So this appears to be a sort of a, a propaganda type mm, game. It's a game that is telling you, you know, you worked hard. You've worked harder than those people who don't have your gifts, your advantages. So why should they benefit from your hard work? Shouldn't you benefit from your hard work? Didn't you earn this? And as always happens with this type of critique, this type of nuanced critique, there opens up a kind of division in the community between people who look at this and look at the research that the BMC has done and say, uh, yes, we should be worried about this. This is influencing people to think in ways that are in contravention of our communal beliefs. And then, of course, you have large groups of people also saying, like, it's just a game. It's just a game. It's just for fun. Nobody's going to have their minds changed because of a video game. Like, come on, get with it. Uh, so this is a divide that is opening up here in Middle Eastead. There's discourse happening. Oh, no, not the discourse. It's discourse. It's happening. So let's make a note of that to be uh, divide in the city between people concerned about this and the it's just a game contingent. Okay. Um, what else? Town. Working on the labyrinth. Uh, are they still working on the labyrinth, Velvet? Yes, they are. Okay. Let's uh, give it a roll. That's four dice for Hades Town. Hey. There's a six. Okay. So six means three segments. So that brings you up to six out of eight on the labyrinth. Yeah. So we can probably talk about that pretty soon once that's completed. Okay, and uh, I'll do downtime stuff for the other groups. The Free Realms Commission is Mike's. Uh, the Tower, I didn't write down their clock. Okay, so I should show you Lost Cultures. Uh, Bizarre Merchants Collective, good. Wayfinders Guild. Mapping Rift Destinations, okay. Okay, with that four, uh, that completes the Mapping Rift Destinations project for the Wayfinders Guild. 
So what this means is that uh, the Wayfinders Guild has developed a way of determining where a rift will lead to based on where it is opened in this plane. It probably is not exact or perfect, but they can get a general idea of if we open it here, it should open in this type of environment there, or it should open in that type of terrain there. Like if we open it near a river here, that means it's going to open somewhere that is watery, something along those lines. They've developed this process. Okay, anything else? Logistark, she's pretty busy right now. And the Nexus doesn't have any clocks. Concord Lagoon, they already finished tapping the Lightning Groves. I think they're keeping that busy for now. Freedom's Vanguard established their FOB. And Cable, already done that. Okay, uh, that's it for here, I think. Right, I have that clock in the wrong place. Right, okay, that brings us to experience here at the end of our downtime. So, pop back into your character sheets. Uh, Jojo, would you like to start? Absolutely. Okay, did you address a challenge with endurance or an intercept danger before it could strike, either in the session or uh, during the downtime? Uh, I believe I did. I did defend us from the big claw. Okay, I'll put an experience for that. Did you express your heritage, background, or anchors? Uh, heritage, background, and anchors. I can see anchors for sure with uh, learning how to make cheese with Keva. That's definitely related to your anchor, I'd say. I would agree. And then for, you know, throwing down with the, the, the soldiers, I would say that's the background. Okay, so that's two there. And did you struggle with issues from your belief or quirks? Belief is the community is a safe place for me and my loved ones and the people here need me to protect it. Did you struggle with any issues related to that? I wouldn't say struggled. I acted pretty according to it. Okay. So that's three experience. You can mark that in your playbook track, any attribute track, or the crew XP track. I did, in fact, level up with that. So I'm going to be Ooh. taking the blaze light ability. Oh, you can wreath yourself and your weapons in charm energy. You get potency against combatant, combatants who wield transcendent forces. That sounds rad. Uh, Keva. Uh, yes. Did you address a challenge with empathy or talk your way out of a tough situation? I think definitely at least one time with dealing with the, uh, with the kid at the end there. Um, one with the... But also with Frost. Okay, so that's two. On her face. Did you express your heritage, background, or anchors? Um, well, there was the part with Keva making the cheese, and then also the kid again, if that counts a second time. Uh, how does that... Okay, taking care of your community? Or curiosity? Um, you know what? How about we just flip it to taking care of her community with grabbing grass and okay so that's uh know, two experience there using that to get rid of people. So you're at four so far and did you struggle with issues from your belief or quirks mm -hmm. the community trusts me i need to prove myself worthy and your quirks are fear of eggs or anger at unjust people she was pretty angry about the kid having okay. the thing in the brainwashing there okay so you can mark one for that so that's five in total yeah. Um, just as a note, Jojo and Keva, you did a cut loose, so you're welcome to add an experience to your beliefs clock, your experiences clock, if you wish to. Uh, I'm, I'm okay Heck there. Yeah. Um, Ollie, experience. I already have a Jojo theme experience, so. Nice. Um, Ollie, so did you address a challenge with technical know-how or devise unexpected uses for the tools at hand? 
Yes. Okay. And that's multiple times or is it? Well, I don't know. Does it count when she kept, uh, when they kept fooling around with the, um, God, what was it that belonged to, um, sh- uh, the, the thing they couldn't, uh, figure out and they had to stop because they were going to break it. <laughs> yeah. I think that counts. And then, um, getting the armor off of, um, the kid at the end, I guess. Okay. Yeah. So that's two. Uh, you express heritage background or anchors. Um, I don't think that they repaired anything this session. Okay. You did work on creating something, though. Uh, During downtime, does that count? Yes, it counts. Oh, awesome. Then yes. (laughs) Okay. Labor, repair person. Did you express that? Or Rudero Bloom slash um, Logistark's fleet. Did you express either of those? I don't think so, no. Okay. And did you struggle with issues from your belief or quirks? Your beliefs, my community can count on me for anything involving tech, but not much else. Nope. Okay, uh, so mark your experience wherever you wish. All right, and that brings us to the end of our downtime. Does anyone have anything they wish to have their characters see or do before we close out this session? I'm good. Okay. In that case, uh, thank you for joining us for this downtime of our session five of Stewards of a Broken Sun. I've been Matt or Arp. My pronouns are here they. I'm on Twitter at Ycaliber. Uh, follow the show at Broken Sun RPG or go to our website, brokensunrpg.com. I was joined today by Keekers. Hi, everyone. It's me, Keekers, also known as Be a Space Cat. Uh, you can find me on the interwebs. As my username suggests, Be a Space Cat on Twitter and various other places on the interwebs. I have she slash her pronouns. And today I filled out all the backup. Uh, all the information about Keva Jarma, who has she slash her pronouns. Thank you so much. I'm also joined by Velvet. Thank you all so much for joining us for another exciting episode. I've been Velvet. I use her pronouns and I was playing Jojo, who uses they, them pronouns. You can find me pretty much everywhere on the interwebs at OG Brown Sugar, mostly on the bird and streaming apps. Thanks so much. And we are also joined by Trudy. Hi, my name's Trudy. My pronouns are they, them. Uh, today, I was leveling up um, Ollie Oxen free pronouns they them. You can find me on Twitter at good underscore damage. All right. So until the next time, folks, all the best. And we'll see you there, space friends. All the best. Bye-bye, space friends. <laughs> <laughs>